The following presentation was recorded at the Newbury Buddhist Monastery, Victoria, Australia. Please visit our website at nbm.org.au. Welcome for the Sunday morning talk here live from Newbury Monastery. My name is Chitapalo. You might know me or don't know me. I'm uh, a visitor here. I come from Bodhinyana Monastery and I have the uh, duty to give the talk this morning, which I try to make a pleasure as well, but usually it isn't for me giving a talk. But I do my best. Um, the announcement is through um, reflections because I didn't think much of what I'm going to talk about today. I could do the reflections to to um, save to uh, stretch my time a little bit, but I'm still going to skip that. Not big on the chanting. Um, I just remind you that you can ask questions on the YouTube live chat afterwards. And um, well, now we have to see what comes out. Uh, remember that I talked about perception last time. And maybe I go a little bit more into how we change the perception or why we even um, try to change the perception. Um, what the what the whole goal is in, in, in Buddhism. And um, I'm just gonna probably skip around a little bit here and there. Um, so I think a good point to start is um, what what did the Buddha discover and uh, what did he uh, teach and how we interpret and incorporate the teaching into our own lives to reduce suffering and as the Buddha wanted us to um, overcome suffering in the end. Uh, one question I always ask myself is, uh, why did Buddhism not continue flourishing in its original country, in, in India? And some people would say because of the Muslim invasion that they managed to uh, eradicate the teaching, but um, Hinduism stayed, and Hinduism and, uh, was a lot more uh, visual than Buddhism, and we know that in the Muslim religion, all these this images they are despised. So all the uh, fertility gods and symbols, and um, all the all the paintings of the gods and the statues and whatnot, they were um, a, a far huger offense from a Muslim perspective than the uh, the, the Buddhists had to offer. 
There were no, especially at that time, I don't think there were many um, symbols even for Buddhism. They had um, the footprints, I think, the, this, uh, the footprints of the Buddha in, in, uh, in clay was, was one of the symbols they had. I'm not sure uh, how many uh, Buddha rupas and things like that were around at that time. So, but still, it it uh, it managed to be um, eradicated pretty much in India. So, why 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 was that? And then I I um, when I try to answer myself, uh, how 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 did the Buddha start with his teaching? And he didn't want to teach. He found that truth, and the first thing he he wanted to do is uh, be in solitude and 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 keep away from the world. And then uh, he was asked to teach, and uh, in the story it was a god. I don't know if it was a god or something else. No idea, but. Um, Let's let's just agree that he was asked to teach for the for the beings who uh, that can be taught. And uh, the the Buddha said, "Well, what what I discovered here is actually something um, people don't want to know about. Uh, people people are are not gonna like it what I have discovered here." And that was uh, one of his uh, major re- uh, reasons that he, 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 he didn't teach. He thought people were uh, usually not ready for the teaching. It wasn't even attractive. Huh? And then he was uh, convinced by others that there are some people who might be... Um, in the right state of mind to still benefit from that teaching and uh, for the sake of those beings um, if you could please uh, continue on living and um, teaching those who can be taught so that is what he did and uh, but what what did he mean with with this thing that um, people people are not ready for that teaching and um, he, he, he thought people were not inclined wanted to even want to hear that teaching. And if we uh, contemplate that, and if we think um, what the Buddha said about the, the purpose of the teaching, um, it, it rings a bell. Huh? This, I mean, in, in, in most other religions, we have this, this, this um, eternal heaven. This, this living happily ever after. It's like the American movie with the happy ending and walking into the sunset hand in hand. And it's um, we have a very limited uh, idea of eternity, obviously. This is forever and ever and ever. This, but um, if you don't think too much about it, it's 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 an attractive thing. Life without. Um, this physical suffering and in heaven and happiness and everything is nice and you get whatever you want um, but the Buddha didn't didn't promise that huh? it wasn't that wasn't the way out 
what the what the, what the Buddha said, what he discovered is that all of these existence, all these different realms that are possible, and as as humans we know at least one one other realm, the the animal realm next to us here. And people who live in nature can see that um, it's not like in the Disney movies. There's a lot of suffering huh? in the in the animal kingdom, a lot of cruelty, merciless, uh, starvation, freezing to death. It's like humanity in the old days, huh? just with um, very uh, very limited compassion uh, in that realm. And then there are in in Buddhism there's these these other realms as well. Huh? The the Buddha didn't deny that huh? with the ghost realm and the the different heaven realms, and even even the high uh, meditation realms and with, with unimaginable bliss. But the the problem was still impermanence. Huh? Is this is still going to end? And then it, it it it's gonna get coarser. And the 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 mind, the awareness, the consciousness is gonna get coarser again, and it's going back into lower and lower existences. So there is no no stopping in these higher realms as well. So the 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 way out was to stop the whole process. Stop the whole process, and he compared that with the the, the candle being blown out. Huh? That is the goal of Buddhism. Huh? If you are you are the candle, <laughs> blown out. Huh? And if you think about this, this is not a very attractive religion, is it? This is com- compared to to Hinduism and being being all with everything and coming coming together, and um, staying staying with the with the highest being in the highest bliss. Um, a, a teaching where where existence in itself is something, uh, the the only escape from that is to to be to be blown out. This, this 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 cessation cessation of awareness and consciousness. Um, how attractive is that? If you if you think about that, huh? I mean we have all this this these Buddhists, but if they if they sit down for five minutes and really contemplate, wow the the thing I'm striving for here in Buddhism is to be to be blown out. Uh, candle being blown out, nothing. This is a, what exactly a lot of of people fear. Huh? The 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 atheists uh, have that, uh, not necessarily, but um, some of the atheists have that uh, fear that everything is just gone when you die, when the physical body dies. Everything stops. You cease to exist. There's nothing left. The body disintegrates. The mind disintegrates. So the the mind is just a product of the uh, body. And that is what most uh, scientists believe, or 
a lot of scientists believe in God as well, which is a, a bit of a contradiction in itself. So the, the, the spiritual life and the intellectual life, they can um, run on, on, on par parallel uh, 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 roads sometimes, it seems. But um, there are atheists and um, they some say they have come to grips with that. They try to make the best of uh, each and every day they have here on earth because it's so precious. And others um, might have a lot more fear riding there because of exactly what the Buddha promised. Huh? This, this, this blowing out of the candle. <laughs> that what the what the Buddhists uh, strive for is is the nightmare of a lot of people out there in the world. So uh, interesting, I think. Yeah? It's interesting, what is, what is the motivation uh, in my practice? Do I even find the goal uh, attractive enough in Buddhism? Mm -hmm. if, you, if you think it to the end, uh, uh, what is the alternative anyway? <laughs> So I guess if you don't believe in rebirths, you just maybe find meditation uh, interesting or yeah, you have um, some fun with the rituals and the chanting or whatnot. Um, but if you, uh, if you have some faith in this, in this rebirth business, the, the uh, scary part is this being uh, born again and again and again and again and this in this in this endless cycle and to to get out of it the only only thing the the, the buddha could uh, the, the the happiest thing the buddha could point out was this uh, extinction huh? the the blowing blowing out of the f blowing out the flame um, but then the funny thing is not even the, the Buddhists that, or the, not even the Buddhist monks um, agree on that. Huh? There are uh, different traditions and their uh, form of, of Nibbana, of, of uh, enlightenment, of awakening sounds uh, a bit like heaven realms. Huh? There's still something going on there. There's still somebody seems to be there experiencing things. Um, so I haven't experienced it, so I don't know. I just It doesn't sound to me like the blowing out of a candle. Blowing out of a candle, I don't uh, speculate um, whether, whether photons have uh, traveled to in the universe and how uh, coherent and conscious they are still. Huh? It's basically, the, for me, candle out means uh, the candle is out, the process uh, has stopped. And if we look a little bit closer um, to understand this process, then uh, I can come back to what I said before with the Perception. Perception is not something that um, arrives on a, on a screen. Huh? There is something looking out for perception. And this looking out and the input from the outside, they create this, this conscious awareness. Huh? It's the, the ear listening out for the beautiful sounds. 
They meeting with the noise outside is creating that consciousness of hearing. It's not just because there is an an ear, a functional organ. It's because there is this this wanting to hear, this wanting to see, this wanting to smell. And so it's always these things, this coming together, creating consciousness. Creating that experience, creating either a, a pleasant or an unpleasant experience. And what could be the state of mind where only pleasant experiences come into the mind? As long as there is something out there looking, listening, wanting to experience. And I mean, in the higher realm it's, it's uh, described, there's no body anymore. And there's not necessarily uh, this, this visual thing anymore. It's just this, this uh, feeling, feeling of, of um, highest uh, loving kindness or compassion and whatnot. And this, 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 this heavenly states where it's, it's not, not so much cause uh, optical and sound input, no bodily input, but it's this still this 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 feeling, and only if it's that feeling of unity or whatnot. But that feeling in itself, even if it's not the sense organ going out, the eye or the ear or the nose or the tongue or the body, it's still this 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 wanting to experience that feeling, that that uh, awareness of that pleasant pleasant feeling and because the circumstances are very pleasant as well that can last uh, for a long time just this awareness of of a a pleasant feeling seems pretty undisturbed but um, the the trouble is always again then um, impermanence even if this uh, this this states are you don't want them to end, but they they still do end. And as long as there's something there that doesn't want it to end, there's there's trouble. There's there's this wanting, and this then this uh, it gets all uh, awakened again. These tendencies, this this lurking out of this this many different uh, ones and not ones uh, coming up again. Uh, they're just overshadowed by that bliss, but then that bliss fades a bit, and then the 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 coarser tendencies come up again. Uh, so it doesn't end that way. Uh, as long as there's this uh, something that wants something, and then there is this uh, this possibility of suffering. And as long as there's that possibility of suffering, the uh, Buddha decided, I haven't found the way out of suffering. And that was his goal, wanted to find the way out. And so we are stuck now in this in this situation where, first of all, we have to see how, what do I believe in, what... Um, uh, what is attractive in that teaching? Is, is the final goal attractive to me in the, in the Buddhist teaching? And I know monks 
who uh, I don't think they would, they would be happy happy Buddhists if they had that um, view of the candle blowing out like I do have it. Huh? They are in this in this uh, eternal in in this eternal state, huh? just the just the uh, wanting completely disappears, but something remains after after the wanting has has disappeared, and that is a. Uh, um, a very common common belief now in Buddhism. No? Uh, lots lots of uh, schools, and I don't have a particular problem with that, no? as as long as you as you go in a direction that is that is wholesome for the mind. It's just I think sometimes it's it's good to to contemplate why you pick up. I mean. The recollection of the Buddha Dhamma Sangha, I said before, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? If you could recollect the Buddha, we all have our own Buddha. There is not the Buddha. I mean, there's a, even even with 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 people in 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 robes, you can have hour long discussions, and they believe something completely different than you. We all have our our own little Buddha. If I talk to a devoted uh, Buddhist, they have their own Buddha. Actually, they're just uh, happy in that um, being being um, uh, faithful to to the um, teachings as they understand them. And they don't have to contemplate much, and they just they go with the rituals, and they they get happiness from that. And great, great for them. It's just that um, I don't have the mind for that. So I, I I have that mind, and I mean that was what got me attracted to Buddhism was this. I was um, encouraged to be inquisitive. Mm-hmm. Was the Buddha Buddha said yes? Ask and ask and understand, understand the teaching. So um, understanding understanding that that problem of of awareness um, is important to understand what influences awareness. What is the advantage of us over the animal realm? And I mean, the scientist uh, would say uh, it's our prefrontal cortex actually that gives a big advantage. And in a in a, in, a, in a physical sense, it is. This is this part of the brain that the only the higher animals uh, have some primates. And that is the the, the part where the um, decision making takes place, uh, where where we can decide, or where we um, at least can can uh, process that information, where we can um, picture ourselves in the future, uh, where we realize in the in the mirror that there is the, that image there is is looking back that is that is me. Uh? And with that knowledge comes also the knowledge of wow, this has to die one day. So with this this privilege we have as a as a human being to be not completely um, completely immersed um, emerged and dependent and um, trapped in this in these inclinations in these tendencies like animals. Uh, 
uh, we have that um, problem that we are aware of our own mortality huh? the whole time. But the great advantage is, I mean, if you if you ask yourself, what is it that keeps us trying to get the pleasant things and trying to avoid the unpleasant? Hmm? And we look at a particular thing, just uh, what is the biggest one? Food and sex. So let's say sex. That is, uh, I mean, food is too, too every day, and going to the restaurant is not um, that big of an urge. But sexual desire, I mean, the, we have, what is it, uh, almost 7.4 billion or something. So we're nearing the 8 billion people threshold here on, the, on Earth. Uh, so it means people are not tired of sex yet. Uh, it's, still, it's still going for it. And why? What? What, what is that attraction? Uh, what is the attraction in it? And it's it it's it's the feeling that it produces. Uh, if people if people wouldn't like the feeling, as a, in in the human realm at least, sex would um, die out. There might be a few rapes still and. Uh, but this, this, the the, uh, the pleasantness of the experience uh, drives us towards something again and again. Huh? The contemplation, the fantasizing. Oh, she's so beautiful, and look at her skin, and look at her hair, and oh, she's she's so charming, and uh, she's so kind, she's so sexy, she's so hot. And uh, it's it's not just the image of of the other sex. It's it's a fantasizing. It's it's a proliferation. It's the the images that are that are created around that that person or that um, uh, even the whole sex. Huh? Obviously, for gay people, it's uh, with the with the same sex and whatnot. But that that doesn't matter at all. Huh? It's, it's, it's just uh, the, the story that we tell ourselves, especially around it. That is what the, keeps the mind uh, really interested in that subject. And that is why uh, we, we strive for it um, again and again. And a good example is also why are these, these, some of these drugs so addictive? And I mean, even with with one of the strongest ones, strongest addiction ones like um, heroin, you don't get addicted after a few times. Huh? It takes a while, even with heroin, to get bodily addicted. I mean, that you get the sweats, the shaking, the everything aches and whatnot when you don't have the drug. Huh? So, but. The, what what keeps people using in the beginning is the feeling again. Huh? Is 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 the the state it creates, huh? the the experience that it creates, addictive, addict you, you addict you, attached to it, huh? you're you you're glued to something, huh? and that is that is a mental process. Huh? That is because it's triggered by strong emotions, very strong emotions of, um, especially heroin, I think, if you are in an insecure character, fear, fear character, 
it's a, it's a narcotic. It 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 blunts the senses, huh? and it gives you this feeling of that you don't need anything from the outside. So your fear is gonna subside. All this underlying fear that was there, you were made not even aware of sometimes. It ceases to be there, and that gives us an enormous feeling of happiness. This you 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 feel like you you you're there. You don't have to fear anything anymore. And that that mental image just gets you over and over, back over and over to that drug, and then fantasizing about it and how you get it, and and this is how tendencies are built. Very very important to understand. This is this is attractiveness. It's not that they uh, that we uh, see something that is um, that is the, the mind is not drawn to. It's the opposite. The mind is very drawn to that. Because it's 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 strong, it's strong emotion, and and um, they're they're very powerful. And these these strong emotions, then contemplated, um, increase these tendencies. With alcohol addiction as well, maybe better example because it's it's slower and more people know it. And the alcohol and your Especially when you started drinking because you were in trouble. Huh? People are in trouble, start drinking, and for a time they forget this trouble. So it's not that they get some added happiness, it's basically that the suffering they're in gets diminished a little bit. Huh? And that is harder and harder to achieve because also in this, in this realm of, of the tendencies we have this tolerance. Huh? So you don't get the same beautiful experience over and over. It's, it's like uh, it, it gets used up, it gets boring. The, the body and the mind, they develop tolerances. So what was pleasant is, is basically um, becoming um, something that you just have to do after a while, with even the pleasantness behind it. But it's a lot more unpleasant than if you stop. Because the mind addiction and the bodily addiction uh, makes it hard. There was a lot of power behind that. There's a lot of emotion and thoughts of how nice something is, and that keeps us. That keeps us here. All this, all this, the the big ones and also the small ones, the smaller beauties, and then even to the sense of just wanting to be, just wanting to experience. Just uh, that's why 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 um, the biggest fear is and the and the the biggest tendency is always survival and the biggest fear is always death. Uh, people do almost anything for survival because that threatens this whole bundle of tendencies. Uh, this uh, the 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 mind. Uh, that knows actually that it's, it's going to be finished. Huh? Not, when I'm dead, I cannot do that anymore. I cannot see them anymore. I cannot enjoy that anymore. People will miss me. I cannot support my family anymore. So obligations, uh, wants, 
expectations, uh, all is all going to come to an end. So that causes the biggest fear in us. Uh, it's death. I mean, look, the whole country is shut down because of fear, fear of death. Fear of death is the, is the absolute strongest. And you, you can do political measures with that fear of death that people would never agree to uh, under, under normal circumstances. Uh, but, the, but the fear of death business actually can do that. So that's the strongest one. So how is there even, if that is still attractive to you, to blow out the flame? <laughs> how is that? Uh, how is that going to work? That business with a with a with a mind. Huh? If the do, do I have to convince my mind now to not be attracted to things anymore? How do I even do that? If you, if you like apple pie, huh? try to convince yourself not to like apple pie anymore. Huh? You can make an experiment. Huh? Try for a year to convince yourself you don't like apple pie anymore. And you might be even successful. Huh? You might um, contemplate some things uh, I don't know, the raisins in, in all, most of these apple pies, they, they are old and there's uh, uh, um, a lot of unhealthy things in there. They are not good for me and I have to watch them anyway and the sugar and whatnot. So you might be able even to convince your mind after a year that you don't like apple pie anymore. Huh? But you're gonna like something else instead. It's not that you can erase that tendency and then it's going to be gone. It's, it's, it's just that it's, it's that um, tendency in that particular direction for apple pie uh, might be uh, diminished. Not erased, not even erased, but diminished. That you don't, uh, it doesn't doesn't bother you anymore. You don't think of apple pie anymore. But you're gonna go, you're gonna pick up smoking, or you, or you, you're gonna go for cherry pie. <laughs> I don't know. What. It's not, it's not solving the problem. Huh? It's absolutely not. This is not the way to diminish tendencies. And I mean, I'm talking about these tendencies because the Buddha says the craving is causing us the rebirth and the suffering. Huh? The craving and the, the attachment to things, this is, this is our cause of suffering, this is the cause of rebirth. Huh? So if, you, if we, if we want to stop that, um, that rebirth and that suffering business, we have to know what we want to do with those tendencies. Huh? How, how tendencies are getting bigger and how tendencies are getting smaller. And what are completely fruitless directions. Huh? This, this, I mean, I remember a guy in the monastery. He had, I have forgotten the exact number, let's say a hundred. A hundred items in his house. For himself, including clothing, 
um, uh, toys, tennis racket, or whatever. You know? So with socks and everything, a hundred items is very spartanic, huh? very frugal, we could say. What did it do for him? Did it uh, reduce his craving for things? Did, did it make him happier? Is he gonna, uh, when he dies, is he gonna um, be reborn with less tendencies than before? Or not even? Is he, is he on a direct path to awakening with that sort of practice? Well, just just think about it. If you and and figure it out for yourself. Watch what makes tendencies grow in your mind, and watch what reduces tendencies. And if you just put an arbitrary number in your life from what what you're what you're allowed now and what you're not allowed anymore, and you think your your mind is going to get anywhere, forget it. It's not going to happen. I, I watched that guy for many, many years and he didn't become the slightest bit kinder, the slightest bit happier. And um, now in the end, I, I think he doesn't come to the monastery anymore. He's just pissed off with himself and everybody else. But this is this is not the way of Buddhism and that is not what the Buddha said. If, if we don't understand the process, uh, we're in trouble. People just um, try to to convince themselves that something what they like is not likable anymore. Something that is is beautiful is not beautiful anymore. And then they think they're on the path um, of Buddhism because they're lessening their desires. And um, yeah, watch watch the Buddhist around you. Watch your own mind and um, see if that is true. John, don't just believe that stuff because some people are going to tell you that is the way. Restraint, 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 restraint. Isn't that the mantra in the in the in the Buddhist life, in the monastic life at least? Restraint. But I mean that that uh, restraint is, is a is a. Is, is something beautiful in the monastic life, you know? If you don't have to do things, if you don't uh, are cons constantly uh, tormented with this, this sensual input and, and, and worries and obligations that you often have in the world, that was personally for me an attractive part in Buddhism. Huh? This, this um, not having to, not having to do something. It was attractive. But if it's just, I shouldn't do something because I uh, shouldn't get more greedy and I shouldn't uh, develop more desire or whatnot. Uh, nonsense. You can never convince your mind of something. You will never convince your mind that vinegar is sweet. Actually, it isn't. You don't, if, you, if you don't see any beauty of this, of this candle being blown out, you're not going to convince your mind of just oh that's what the Buddha said. I should be, I should be more inclined uh, towards that direction. Or this the Buddha never said that. Actually, maybe you're you're in denial. As <laughs> at least in the sutta, what is ever is meant with that. Uh, um, 
I don't know. But it's uh, any anything you like is not going going to become unlikable just because you uh, you think it's good for you. Not just like that. So how where do we work huh, as a as a Buddhist? Where where do we really put the effort? What is what is that path there that the Buddha described? If there what would how how to reduce his tendencies? And the Buddha was very specific there. Yeah? That's what why we do this this whole thing with the with the morality business in Buddhism. It's not just an, an, a philosophical concept or whatnot. It's, it's, it's the less happiness we have in our own minds, the more the mind is going to look to the outside for happiness. Huh? Very important thing to remember. The less happy we are in our own mind, the more we look to the outside for happiness. If you don't remember anything today, remember that one and watch it. Sometimes you think, oh, I'm so depressed. Actually, I don't, I don't want anything anymore. I just want to lie here in bed and don't. But you have your suffering. You have the, that 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 feeling, very strong feeling of of self there of suffering, that can be very addictive in itself as well. So it doesn't need to be that obvious happiness out there. It can also be just this this sense of feeling something strongly, and often that can even be suffering. So. Um, it doesn't it, it doesn't mean that when you're unhappy or if you're really unhappy you cannot look clearly that's the trouble anyway if you're really depressed you're gonna only see um, in that depression but so you need a little bit of a more neutral mind state huh? to to see huh? what if you if you sit down for five minutes I mean, what is what is coming up? I mean, that is what why we have the meditation in Buddhism. Huh? What is it for? We can look. We can look what is happening. We have our little uh, experiment with us, huh? our mind. What is happening? Okay, mind, shut up for five minutes. Who is the first one talking? Who is the guy talking when we just made the decision? We're going to be quiet for a few minutes. Something is coming up. Something is going to be important. Who is that? <laughs> so there is this, 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 this wanting is there the whole time. We're just so used to it. We don't. We can. We can never really know where we are with that wanting. We don't. We are in that. In that. Um, in that stream of wanting the whole time, we always have our head in inside that stream, never, never looking out. 
We're always, always in there when, when we get up in the morning, it starts. Goes through the routine or want something, want a cup of tea already or this and that. And just goes through the day. But the, the fundamental things behind that, even the, the, the opening the eyes, uh, wanting to see something, wanting to hear, wanting to experience, wanting to interact, to engage again. Huh? In the very beginning, or not wanting to engage, huh? wanting to be left alone, wanting to be, uh, wanting to be uh, shut off. But then there's something, something there, Something is always something there that that craves at once again and again. So you can ex- experience that uh, every every day of your life if if you have a look, and that is what the Buddha is talking about: this 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 constant drive behind behind everything. So how? to get that to be a little bit quieter, to have a better look. And it's always through happiness. But I don't mean the ha-ha happiness, the, the, the disco and I have fun happiness. Huh? Talking about that happiness that is where you somewhere, and you have that feeling, wow, that's nice, I don't need anything right now. I don't need even to think about anything right now. Huh? There is... is, is that much trust and pleasure within yourself that the five senses are not looking outwards. How to create that? Huh? How? And morality, this, this five precepts, and I mean, Bodhidharma has all the talks there for you, actually, about the five precepts. So uh, you're going to know what to do. Uh, is uh, th- this is is not just a a, a religious uh, a religious ideal to keep us uh, happy together or whatnot, and that we uh, that we don't uh, we don't uh, kill ourselves and we don't all live like animals and steal from each other and so on. It's 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 about this uh, a chance for this this inner happiness to grow. You need to have uh, your your morality right. Huh? If you're a killer and if you are, a, if you're a thief and if you if you're a, a, a Casanova and if you're a liar and if you are on the bottle or on, on other uh, heavy heavy drugs, heroin and. Uh, ice and uh, whatever is out there actually you don't have the mind for it huh? your mind will be disturbed your mind every every sort of silence is a threat to you every idea of boredom is like like the the devil sitting sitting over there this, these people with low morality, actually, they're very, very active. Uh, they cannot sit still. Uh, so, this, this is, but it's not just doing the right thing. It's just uh, uh, finding um, some some joy in that as well in your meditation. Uh, just contemplating, I can contemplate from time to time. Is uh, no being has to fear me. 
for a long time. Not even the mosquito has to has to fear me. And that 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 brings out uh, they can bring up quite a little bit of joy huh? because I know the the state of uh, fearlessness is because you trust yourself. Huh? I trust myself in not creating harm, so I can sit open in my meditation, not expecting to be harmed. Huh? I um, I don't steal from other people. I don't take what is not given to me. So there's there's this uh, trust that people have in me and that I have in in most of the people around me. It's just this this security and and, and beauty there. Is 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 a beautiful thing that you can uh, live with people. Uh, you can feel safe with uh, your belongings ourselves because we know it hurts when somebody steals from us. Huh? So it's taken away. Is it doesn't feel good. I don't, it doesn't feel good to me, so I don't do it to others. Huh? That we're safe in the in 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 our relationships. That we can trust our friends. Uh, being alone with our wives or girlfriends or whatnot, yeah, it's just this. I mean, for this falling in love thing is is a conscious decision. People are always, oh, you cannot, you cannot uh, change it. You just fall in love, you fall in love. This is nonsense, complete nonsense. They never watch their own mind. It's a story you tell yourself, and uh, if it is the wife. Of somebody, you don't have to tell yourself that story about her. You can say, tell yourself the story. No, that woman is not available anymore. Or that guy is not available anymore. But if you tell yourself the story, oh yeah, but she's beautiful, but she's so unhappy with her husband, and blah blah blah. Actually, so you you um, you're encouraging yourself huh, to to break that precept. But if if you have people around who don't do that is is beautiful. If you know that you don't do it yourself, it's beautiful. It feels very safe. You will see that in your meditation when when it's opening up. Huh? There's there's beauty and safety there, and in that honesty, you say how how do you expect to learn anything in the meditation if you're not honest? Huh? If you just tell yourself a story over and over again that doesn't make it true. Meditation, the stories stop in deep meditation. Huh? If you want the stories to stop, you cannot. Uh, you have to stop lying as well. Huh? Otherwise, you you don't have the honesty inside of yourself to look. You don't have the trust as well inside of yourself to look. It's just going to be disturbances in the mind. Huh? It's going to be unpleasant, and there's no opening up. And I mean, the big misunderstanding then is often with um, this this concentration, uh, this translation of concentration for the meditation, because people think they just need to concentrate, uh, just focus on one thing. And there seems to be uh, effort and will and everything behind that. But uh, meditation is not that. Meditation, when something happens, is the effort stops. The controller stops, the manipulating stops, 
And that is scary because this is the, we're not used to that. And you better have your morality right then, otherwise you're going to be very, very uh, surprised how unpleasant it gets. Well, luckily you're going to get out very quickly of the meditation then. And usually if that uh, your morality is, is, is crappy, you're never going to get any good meditation in the first place. So the the morality is is the key to some inner happiness. Huh? The inner happiness prevents the mind from looking so much outside for happiness. Huh? We need less. We're not bothered if so much when things don't go according to our wishes. Huh? Or even if we're bothered, we're not bothered that long anymore because there is some inner reserve that we draw upon. Huh? So there should be this this build up of happiness in your Buddhist practice. If that is not the case, if you just renounce and you uh, uh, you restrain and you do I don't know what, but you never see any happiness. You never become uh, any any uh, more patient. And you never have any any moments where you don't want anything, uh, I can guarantee you, you're not on the right path. Huh? So, so watch, please, what you're, what you're doing in your practice. Huh? Why you're doing things. What do you want to get out of that? Huh? And, and the Buddha encourages you to, to see what's going on in your mind. What is nice for your mind? Huh? What is in the long run nice for your mind? Huh? I mean, it can feel nice in the moment, basically, to, uh, to, to sleep with the, with the girlfriend of your uh, best friend. But uh, the, the, the consequences and the suffering afterwards, again, we have that prefrontal cortex. We can see, uh, in, in that way, we can expect things in the future. Huh? And, and are, are we willing to have so much suffering for this little bit of happiness in that moment? Huh? Are we... Uh, willing to go through the tears and the betrayal and and the same with drugs you know yeah it might be a, a beautiful feeling in that moment but uh, show me any happy heroin addict or any happy drunk huh? that don't exist huh? it's not a, a drug that keeps you in happiness it's a, it's a drug that um, ruins you ruins your mind and ruins your body and that is that, that wisdom that we can um, project into the future. So it's obviously not about just experiencing that, that immediate happiness, but it's this, um, to identify it better is that, is that happiness where you don't need to do something. Huh? That happiness where you just sit, and it's not because you do, do something, it's because you don't have to do anything, huh? if you want to identify that happiness. And if that is getting more towards that happiness, that is just like being there with yourself for a few minutes, it's not even not threatening to you anymore. It's just it's just lovely. It's just lovely. And then these this tendencies, they get developed in a, in a different direction. There are these tendencies that 
that that find appreciation in this in this uh, not wanting huh? so and then the the, the process has a, has a, a chance to slow down enough to bring up enough inner happiness that some uh, real deep meditation might take place huh? where the mind uh, might have that experience from a completely different sort of happiness and that is when the, um, there's a chance for the mind to get out of the other tendencies. Because this, this, this pull is just so much stronger than the five senses could ever be. Because hmm? it's a completely, it's a completely opposite direction. Hmm? It's as where the struggle ends, as where the, the controlling ends, where the, where this, this this worrying ends, where the where the um, the fear ends, and that uh, that that has uh, such a beautiful quality to it that this overcomes the tendencies in the end, because it it draws it exactly to this to this um, seeing the tendencies in itself as the problem. Seeing this, this wanting, not wanting, realizing clearly what a what a big trouble and problem that is. And once the the problem is um, identified very clearly, the mind cannot go back, and that's when when you can become a sotapanna. Huh? That's what the Buddha called it, somebody entering the stream, where it's just this this possibility of really wanting to go back to that that realm. Uh, of of living and dying and happiness and suffering is just so unattractive. It's like you're putting putting your hand in a, in a pile of cow shit or whatnot. Putting your hand into the flame is just completely unattractive. And that is not convincing yourself of something anymore. This is because you have the experience of something nicer. The experience of something better that is drawing the mind in that direction. And not just the fear of the consequences if you don't do something. Oh, I have to practice, otherwise I get reborn. I have to be nice, otherwise I'm going to get a shitty rebirth. And this is this seeing consequences, seeing beauty in generosity, seeing beauty in harmlessness, seeing beauty in being trustworthy. And there is a lot of beauty in that. You ex might experience that only with your family, but uh, the more people that are included in this thing, it just feels uh, safe and, 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 and nice. Huh? And uh, to, to enjoy that and rejoice in that is, is uh, so important. You take that with you in your meditation, and then the, uh, this, this, this thirst, this tanda might... Um, be quenched a little bit huh? and you sit and you have your meditation and it's just you just don't want anything for a while and there's a lot of trust and a lot of kindness and uh, something might happen huh? and it's going to be going to go a little bit deeper and it's going to be uh, interesting and if you treat yourself uh, nicely you're going to be uh, astounded how um, how uh, beautiful 
beautiful that direction um, can be. Yeah. Even when it's um, it's it's not things coming, it's things falling away, and this, and then this what the Buddha said: we're blowing all the candle, and doesn't seem such a bad idea anymore, because everything that that became more beautiful was of things falling away. It wasn't of things arriving. And that is what happens in the deeper meditation, just more and more things falling away. Huh? Happiness falling away at a certain point. That must be an interesting experience. Huh? What can be more beautiful than that, that incredible bliss? And then that bliss was exhausting, still compared to equanimity. And then just things dropping and dropping and dropping and just becomes lighter and lighter and then nothing is left over and the problem is solved. And But if there is a taste for that direction, then the whole idea is not as unattractive and scary anymore, in my opinion, at least for me. It's the opposite. It's just always just suffering falling away. So, so more and more suffering falling away, dropping off from your shoulders. Hopefully. So I offer that for your contemplation. And I don't know, are there any questions? Yes, Bhante. We have a few questions from our online audience. First one. Thank you, Bhante, for the talk. I think that you are not from Asia or Buddhist country. What was the attraction of Buddhism when you started learning? Like I said, the attraction, one big attraction for me was from the very beginning this, uh, I came in contact in the monastery, I have to say, in, in, in Thailand for the first time, sort of directly with monastic life, not with, not with uh, lay Buddhists. And the, uh, well, if, the, the attraction was people going into a different direction, first of all, trying to develop the mind instead of any um, physical things that uh, I wasn't that interested in, like um, never was big interest, very interested in um, marrying, having children, or career, or anything like that. That never drove me, but uh, to figure out something about my mind was always attractive to, uh, attractive to me. So that was one of the attractions, people working with their own minds. And that in, uh, encouragement of um, what I found very early in the Buddhist teaching of uh, you have to figure that stuff out for yourself. Huh? Nobody's going to take you by the hand. Nobody uh, can... Uh, uh, there's there's no, no God that can take you there or whatnot and says you are... Uh, holy, your sins are forgiven, and then you—it's—it's it's all over, and you're—you're free. <laughs> Basically, there's a process there in the mind. You have to figure out what is going on. I can give you some uh, guidelines here, some signposts, and uh, have a good look. And if you—if you find uh, the way that I'm uh, describing, your your suffering should um, lessen and lessen and. Um, uh, one thing I, I believed in, because I, I found the, the way he talked when I read about it very trustworthy, 
I didn't have the feeling there's somebody out there to convince me huh, of something. And so it's basically for me, when I when I read anything from the Buddha, it was always somebody just concerned to explain as good as he can a way out of suffering. Huh? If you go it or don't go it, he doesn't care. Huh? And it's basically it's just it's up to you the whole business. Here's the uh, here's the map. Um, Walk a little bit, have a good look if you if you can develop face on the way and want to go further, good. If not, also good. That is what I found attractive. Huh? As for me, it was was an approach where I'm, uh, I'm treated as a as a as a mature um, human being and uh, making making my own decisions, getting my own experiences and uh, questioning questioning allowed to question of course in a, in a question background questioning was never wasn't uh, really forbidden like in the old days but when nobody had any answers anyway basically there was not really any spiritual practice going on in my protestant upbringing anyway but a bit of um, uh, uh, chanting chanting and, and uh, praying and whatnot but that wasn't very strong either so that that whole that there was the first time there was a, a teaching there. Somebody explained what the mind, what is existence, and what is the problem, how to get out of the problem. And I saw that um, very early on as a as an incredibly uh, attractive teaching for me. Next question. I've heard that some Buddhists use cannabis while meditating to help clear the mind. Is this wrong? Cabbage or cannabis? Cannabis. <laughs> cabbage. Cabbage. Cabbage helps you letting go. <laughs> uh, cannabis. Well, uh, you obviously asked the question, maybe you're interested in that yourself. So um, some Buddhists would advise you, oh, no, and uh, be careful, and I don't know what. I say, don't believe me, don't believe anybody. You try it for yourself. Do a little bit of meditation beforehand, before you get stoned, and uh, see how the mind works then. And then uh, you go for your experience, actually, whatever you want to do, uh, drink it, eat it, smoke it, <laughs> and you have a look at your mind, what is happening with the influence of cannabis. Um, and then you make your own decisions. Where Where is your mind more at ease, less disturbed? Where is your mind clearer? Where is the, um, not just from that momentarily, mom, momentary experience, but also if you project that mind state into you into your future into your um into your interactions with people and so forth right? me uh, um otherwise it just can become a beautiful experience actually in the mind oh yeah that's beautiful and i want to do it again you have to um it has to be in some re uh, relation with something else right? So I would I would suggest a relation of clarity of mind, huh? being aware of things, being aware of what is going on, um, and then smoking something or drinking something and see what's then going on. Huh? 
and then you might decide that yeah from time to time it can be interesting or you might decide no that's nothing for me or you might decide oh i want to do that all the time i'm not the judge of that actually you know because uh just to be a bit more controversial i was always far more for cannabis than i was for drinking actually i think drinking should be illegal and cannabis should be legal if we had to do anything <laughs> here government wise or whatnot but you can't do it people love their drink huh? just the, the if you take the drink away you have the thing like in the prohibition in america you're just gonna brew it illegally huh? and people need their drugs huh? we're, we're uh, uh, they love their drugs, and uh, but I find personally cannabis a lot less destructive compared to alcohol. But how far are you going to go with that, and how often you decide yourself, your clarity of mind will decide yourself, and, and uh, then it goes all by itself, you know, without any guilt or whatnot. I should and I shouldn't. Uh, you just you just figure it out for yourself, and you will if you if you keep a keep a mind that is inquisitive, huh? and see the long term effect. Huh? Try to check out what is going on over a longer period of time, and not just with the one experience. That's my advice. How to control anxiety using Buddhist teachings? Well, about anxiety, if you anxious already please don't smoke cannabis <laughs> if you have psychological problems it's not the best drug for you is a is a hallucinogen so um it can, it can be dangerous for people who have uh, mental issues already so please be strongly advised not to use uh, cannabis if you have a mind that has problems with that so um, anxiety, the um, figure out what is causing the anxiety when you're not completely anxious. In the moment when you have a little bit more calm, you think about what is causing the anxiety and please write it down. Write it down exactly what thoughts are behind your anxiety. And if you have to fill a whole diary, good, go for it. First of all, the mind has to be aware of what uh, what is there that creates anxiety in my mind. Once we're aware what it is, we uh, we can ask us: Is that worse of anxiety or not? Because because. Um, with the tendencies, like I explained, something looking out, something coming in, what causes anxiety in you might be completely non-threatening to me. So it's not an, an, an objective thing out there that is causing anxiety. It's basically your mind reacting to the input outside. This coming together of your mind and the outside is always causing the anxiety. So you have to, to figure out what um, what is anxiety, yeah. the feeling of anxiety. I, I said that in a talk before, the feeling of anxiety is not that bad. Just give it a good feel. Lie, lie down, something comfortable, put a blanket on top of you, 
And if some anxiety is coming up, instead of, oh, I don't want that, I don't want that, allow yourself for once actually have a good look. Have a good look in your body. What is that anxiety? How does it feel? Huh? I promise you, you're not going to die. Huh? It's just you, you keep on breathing, or maybe you breathe fast, and it's just, an, and you will see in the moment you really allow yourself to feel what is going on. You're going to be in the moment, and if you're in the moment, you don't think so much anymore. And then the mind realizes something, that anxiety is fueled by thoughts. It's this rotating thoughts, this, this mind um, speculating, um, anticipating, uh, not wanting. Just, just uh, in, a, in a very, very fast succession uh, that's causing anxiety, higher anxiety, panic attack. Panic attack is where the mind is just rotating in this endless, it's like a pulsar uh, turning around, around itself actually many hundred times a second. Uh, this is a very, very fast process. So you need to do it when you're not completely anxious, obviously, because Otherwise, you won't have a chance to see clearly what is going on. But, uh, well, depending on how strong your uh, anxiety is, obviously you might need help from, from uh, the outside, or you might need to go on drugs for a while, I don't know. But if it's just um, general anxiety coming up from time to time, write it down. What is it? Huh? What, sorts, what sorts are causing this anxiety? And then... Um, you go through the thoughts, go evaluate the thoughts. How real is it? How likely is it? What is the worst that can happen? What is if these thoughts come true? What is if these thoughts don't come true? What is the worst that can happen when the thoughts come true or don't come true? So um, bring a little bit of order and understanding into it instead of uh, avoiding it too much. Don't. Uh, Try not to uh, see it immediately as your enemy. Give it a chance as a, as a feeling in itself, because anxiety is nicer as pain. Pain is something is is so elemental. You know, the, at a certain point when you sit on the ground cross-legged, there comes that point where it's just so. If you sit too long, it becomes so painful, and you can. Uh, not decide this is not happening or not. It's just is a, is a physical thing that is has a strong impact on the mind, and the mind is not just able to snap out of it. But with anxiety, the the feeling itself is not painful, and the feeling itself is the, the funny thing is if you when you once watch it, it's not even unpleasant. In the moment where anxiety is allowed to be anxiety in the body. Can be very, can become very beautiful. I had that myself. Otherwise, I I wouldn't advise that actually. So um, write things down that come into your mind that cause anxiety as a first important step. Actually, and so it can can be helpful. And um, Keep the five precepts, treat yourself as nice as you can, treat other people as nice as you can. 
and uh, tra- it takes some joy in that. Huh? If you if you start from now on being harmless, being a little bit kinder, uh, forget about the past. Just go 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 with on that path of where you where you want to do um, something uh, better, something something safer, and take some some joy in that. That can help a lot with your anxiety as well. Yeah, I can could give a whole talk about that actually. I just hope you have some helpful hints there. Actually, good luck. Do you have any advice on how to let go of ill will to a self during meditation? For example, self-critical thoughts. Mm. Well, there's there is a pattern behind that in under in the self-critical source and and usually uh, either you had a, a strict upbringing that is still your your mother your father your uncle your grandparents somebody speaking there in the background who sought um, you only learn if you <laughs> <laughs> if you with a good slap actually it's 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 gonna be a lot more uh, a lot more easy to comprehend what I'm teaching you is this is this uh, this belief of the mind that if we if we threaten it if we if we create enough fear around something then it's gonna it's gonna learn and it's gonna follow huh? It's gonna it's gonna go where we want to but um, it's it's a wrong direction and the the, the tendencies uh, are built up in your life obviously that you you treat yourself like that maybe you treat others like that I don't know usually both um, this this uh, first the mind has to see how much does that critical thinking help me this this just being critical uh, why do i even ask that question if i if i liked it so much i wouldn't ask the question so there is a problem there already huh? so what is what is uh, the problem because um, i don't like being criticized huh? so why do i criticize myself huh? because the mind still believes there is benefit in criticizing itself. That is my uh, short answer. If you see that it's not helping your mind, it just makes you more unhappy. Huh? And the, the mind doesn't need criticism. The mind just needs to understand. Mind needs to understand what is leading to suffering, to more suffering, what is leading to more happiness. Huh? If the mind sees, aha, in that direction is happiness, it's going to go there. If the mind sees clearly in that direction is suffering, it's not going to go there. So where do you want your mind to go where it doesn't want to go? If you're critical, what are you critical with? Is it in your meditation? Oh, shut up, shut up, mind, stupid mind. I told you to shut up, mind. Why don't you shut up? It's just one idiot shouting at another imaginary idiot in one's own mind. It's just why we we still associate the guy who is talking in our minds in that particular moment with ourselves, and all the the other guys who talked a little bit before that as somebody different. <laughs> the guys who want to have fun and want to watch television and and want to go for a beer or whatever you want to do out there, 
actually they are the idiots and then the the meditator or the uh, w whatever uh, thinks is in charge in that moment is is the wise guy but the, we're all all of uh, these thoughts are just thoughts in the moment so criticizing one or the other uh, where's the point in that the mind wants happiness and wants to get away from suffering that is our fundamental uh, is the fundamental um, process of the mind that's all the mind is looking for happiness avoiding suffering so to criticize yourself means basically that you think you can avoid suffering in that way but as you're just creating more suffering what diminishes suffering is seeing where is suffering which direction leads to suffering and we need a clear and friendly mind to do that huh so just um, every time you criticize your own mind see does it bring me any benefit yeah? does it does my mind improve that way and if it doesn't improve then the criticism might get a little bit um, less and less and less and less but it's going to take many many years because obviously there's strong tendencies behind that that belief that is a successful direction otherwise it's not going to build up that strongly in our in our character so be patient please don't criticize yourself for criticizing yourself that is extra suffering in the past i was cruel with my parents and made them suffer a lot i left my house and made bad companionship so i used to create problems for my parents in the end much of that bad karma caught me and bad things happened to me i don't do that anymore but I experience bad memories and guilt. Could you advise on how to deal with with my remorse and bad memories, please? Uh, if that is a pattern that comes up in your mind, uh, Bad memories. What do I do with bad memories? I don't. I have I have memories I don't like actually, where I don't want to dwell in. What I don't know how strong your stuff is actually. What karma you created there? Um, for me, it's good enough um, to distract myself with something else. Huh? If these memories come up. And I, I mean, a psychologist was always, oh, you have to go into the past and shoo it over and shoo it over. And there's something still lurking there in the, in the background that you haven't discovered yet. And once you discover that, then everything is going to fall into place. But I don't believe in it, actually. This, this, this chewing through this, this, this old, if it was a trauma, maybe. But you, if you, you you know that you did something wrong there and you regret it, and um, that's uh, acknowledging that you did something wrong is a, is a is a great step. That's that's where we where we change the mind. We see what is what is a wrong direction and and turn into a different direction. But um, to find a, a guilty person in that. It's just a futile exercise. One, one, one advice I can give you. 
if your mind goes into this, oh, I'm not worthy and I'm, I did so many things wrong and blah, 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 you tell your mind, the more negative I get in my own mind, the more needy and miserable I'm going to get with these thoughts. The more needy and miserable I am, the more unpleasant I am in the future to my fellow human beings and to my fellow animals around me. So what can be the purpose of dwelling in these past memories if they just make me more miserable? And the more miserable I get, the more miserableness I produce around in my surroundings. I produce in my surroundings. Huh? So that contemplation might uh, give you a chance to um, to make them uh, let the mind see that it's not helpful. It's just not helpful, not for you and not for other beings. Sometimes we believe we just we deserve it. Huh? We just have to dwell on it again and again and again because we were so bad, and we have to suffer that much. There's somebody out there in the universe that wants us to suffer that much. Otherwise, we could never get rid of it. But it's um, it's just uh, learning, and, and the stupid things uh, we did sometimes is nothing we can do about that. But if we dwell on that, we produce more shit in the future, and that's something we can do about. Huh? If you look after your own mind now as good as you can, the more wholesome karma actually you're gonna create around you from now on, and then it's gonna come back again in the future and then it's changing the courses now brings better things for you in the moment and also in the future to come so you create a new cycle create a cycle of something wholesome in your own mind as good as you can and if it gets too strong just distract yourself you don't you probably have thought about this stuff a hundred thousand times actually you don't need to go through it again Watch, watch something nice on television or go for a walk or take your mind out of that. Don't dwell on it. And when, you, when your mind has calmed down, if you still think it's something uh, important to think about there, actually, then you can do it in, 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 with a bit more peace without, without running inside of your head. And yeah, guilt... Guilt doesn't help. Only knowing what is wholesome and what is unwholesome helps. And where you want to go and where you don't want to go. Good luck. Last question. Okay, okay. we might be all time, so we have a lot of questions. If not feeling well, should we try to change how we feel? What is the right effort? Accepting what it is or doing things to improve our condition or reduce our suffering? Well, depending on the situation, obviously, if the if the if it's a long, a strong physical suffering, we always do anything to uh, to help the body. But often it's it's not just physical because it's mental and physical. Huh? So some people love to run to the doctor because they always think there's something wrong with them. Huh? So uh, in in general, I would say. Uh, try being as kind and patient as you can with your own mind usually we're too harsh or we're too um we're too easy easy to judge so um 
I mean, I don't know how old you are as well. We have our life experiences as well. There are certain situations I, I don't confront myself with anymore if I can avoid them. Huh? If you, if you, if there's somebody particularly unpleasant and you and you can uh, be not with that person, then you're not with that person. Huh? You, you basically, you, 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 if you have the chance to avoid it, and. Um, some things um, we can't avoid, you know, having so many questions and having to go to the meal very quickly actually now is a, is a suffering that I cannot directly avoid right now. So basically I sit a little bit longer and answer your question. So I, I put up with um, that um, unpleasantness for the time being to, uh, to, to do my job for today well enough, yeah? even if I might be a little bit late for the meal today and causing problems with my sound um, engineers and video experts because they have to get ready as well. Yeah? So we have to make all these little decisions in, in each and every moment when we indulge ourselves, when we have to react to, this, to the situation. A little bit of humor, a little bit of not taking yourself too important, a little bit of... Um, uh, yeah, this 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 kindness, or whatever you want to call it, actually, this this uh, adapting adapting to the circumstances, not being too 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 fixed in our views how things have to be, uh, that that can um, help us reducing a, a, a lot of suffering in our lives. So um, there is no there is no um, real answer to that. The, the, the more aware we are, the the better we act in the in the circumstances. So I just hope you you have a little bit of peace, a little bit of meditation going for you. That you from time to time you just look. Where is it peaceful? Where is it? Uh, where where is it calm? Where does it feel safe? Huh? And that is the that is the direction yeah, you you um, try to aim for in your mind. But sometimes in the world it's going to be unpleasant and it's going to be painful. And it's, uh, we have to make the decisions often in the spur of the moment huh? when they when they arrive. And nobody can tell you what is right in the particular moment or what not. Huh? It's just try to keep uh, the five presets if you can. That's always a good advice. Don't kill anybody. Don't <laughs> don't punch anybody in the face when you get angry. All this 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 spontaneous decisions, whereas uh, immediate karma created or karma for the future. So watch for that one. And apart from that, uh, you I mean go through your experiences, see what uh, what was uh, right in that moment, and if it was uh, had a good outcome and. If not, you change that in the future. Huh? Then you have a new guideline. You want, want, want to try something different. The beautiful thing is we can make all these mistakes. Huh? There's no problem with making mistakes. And inside of the five precepts, is nothing that horrible that we can't, can't really do. You know? So if, if we upset somebody, if we do uh, something stupid, as long as we learn from it, great. Learn something. And we have the experience going with it, so well done. Uh, just don't don't be scared to make mistakes. Uh, uh, keep your humor up. 
Was it the last question? Well, I there's hope. another question, but I thought maybe, maybe we take it up I'm, tomorrow evening. Yeah, I'm yes, very sorry. Yes, then, thank yeah? you. I'm sorry because we have to go to the meal now. I uh, have to send my supporters away that they get something to eat for today. Otherwise, they're going to be hungry. <laughs> so thank you for listening. All the best. Be kind. Goodbye. <laughs>